0: Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia! This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dogs!
1: Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, NCDGD, self-proclaimed himself, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels. With us, we have Caleb KTG 13 back on the show again. We've been talking about it, we made it happen, guys. We're going to talk a lot about tomorrow's game against Arkansas. There's a lot of really, there's a lot at stake right now, uh, so we'll definitely talk about that right there. Uh, you know, obviously, look, the show is brought to you by La Terrain Watches. Look, they don't just do watches, they do sunglasses, things like that. I love the product, great quality, affordable prices. Check out laterrain.com check out code dgd gets you 10 percent off of your purchase guys welcome caleb welcome back
2: hey i'm glad to be back man thank you for having me i love hey, the show
1: hey man you know obviously look it's always good to have a dog fan on the show you know obviously juan daniels the great receiver back in the day uh you know look guys there's a couple of announcements we want to make uh real fast before we get into the show uh first off we're going to go ahead and make the announcement for the dgd podcast episode the veterans day show this is going to happen november 5th same time look we're going to be talking you know it's going to be a little bit different that day right uh, i'm going to be off uh, on vacation the actual veterans day so we're going to do it the week before uh, going to have some guests on look we're going to have the show donations will go directly to the wounded warrior project so uh, obviously a great show. Going to talk a little bit about some uh, football. We're going to talk some military stories, too. Uh, obviously, everybody knows, if you don't know, I'm a veteran myself. So we'll sit there and bring on some vets, bring on some people to talk football, military. It's going to be a damn good show, is all I'm going to say.
2: Thank you for and, your service, man. My brother hey, was a veteran as well.
1: Hey, man, thanks for the support. Also, I think we've got some people in here now for in the chat. Look, speaking of chat, there's been a poll going on. Uh, look, we're we are renaming chat, and we're going to do it right now. So, without further ado, or ado, I should say, yeah. the chat is no longer named chat. You will now be known as the Bones Brigade. The nice, the Bones Brigade. Sir, yes, sir. So, so obviously, look, we're going to get hashtag Bones Brigade in, you know, going on social media, Twitter, Instagram. You're a part of the Bones Brigade now, so Juan, we've got to get used to this. I think it's a great, uh, you know, you know. I think it's a great thing to do for you know people interacting here. Uh, obviously, Jay says he's late. Sorry, Banks is with the big eyes. Ricky Lucas is first time a viewer. Dogs versus hogs. Hey, man, we're about to hop in that hot and heavy. But first, Caleb, what are your thoughts since you're since you've been a minute here? What are your thoughts so far on the season for Georgia so far?
2: I mean, I think they're playing really well. They feel like I feel like they're gelling better and better each week. But the only really thing that worries me a little bit is the run game. Still seems like it's out of sync. I don't know if it's because they can't get in a groove because they're, you know, brought in and out so much. But that's really the only drawback I have. I still think Georgia's a legit contender, though. They're, they're really good.
1: You know, obviously me and Juan's been talking about this. You know, that defense has shown that it is the best defense. uh, No questions asked so far through four games. Uh, You know, obviously we're going to be – I think we'll get tested a little bit here. Uh, I know yesterday, Juan, we talked about it where we – I believe this is a a true test of what we're going to see against Florida this year uh, because they kind of run a same similar, you know, quarterback set, you know, kind of offense a little bit. Obviously it's going to differ. It's a good test where we are. You know, everybody looks at it as Clemson being, you know, down right now. So – you know, obviously trying to diminish that loss at the first game of the season. But, you know, taking into Arkansas here, did you expect I, – I, I can't expect seeing Arkansas being a top ten considering just not even – what, not even 24 months ago they were almost an afterthought in the SEC. You know, obviously, and I think that's a testament to Sam Pittman and I think, our, you know, Bryles and, and Odom, right, That those three right there have changed that program around, and it's it's just a night and day difference from what we expect.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. I, I, I You know, I run my little my little show as well, and I talk about Sam Pittman, and I give him praise all the time, man. He's put a real toughness in that Arkansas program. It's just the way he's instilled it and the way he's built it. They're going to be a problem. I'm talking they're already a problem, but they're going to be in the top here soon, I really think. So, it's just, man, I love it.
1: One, I know, you know, Looking into it right there, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, that transformation? I don't think anyone in the country saw Arkansas being a top 10 team this year. No, I
0: mean, all all it says right now is, is, is those guys have bought in. Um, They, they, they bought in. Now they're going to start to get the recruits. Um, They have something that's, that's special going on. I mean, I, I can't think of the last time that Arkansas was in the top 10. You know, you have to always, you know, go all the way back to, um, you know, Darren McFadden. In um, that group, when you thought that, you know, Arkansas was even a contender and actually they uh, uh, I think they they ended up losing in the SEC championship, I believe, um, um, that year. Um, so um, whatever it is that, that that's going on with Pittman, he you know, they, they, they bought in. They are excited about it. I think he's going to get some really, really good recruits. Arkansas is no longer a, a, you know, an, an afterthought. Um, you know, it, it's going to be something special. And then, then again, of course, too, you know, you look at it, Arkansas is in the SEC. So whether it's, it's it's going to be the Arkansas or the Kentuckys, people want to, um, you know, when you think of power five, you want to be in the SEC. And so why not, you know, choose Arkansas if you're not going to be able to get to the Georgia's, uh, Florida's or the Alabama's?
1: No, without question. I mean, you look at a couple guys just on the defense alone in Catalan and uh, Bumper Pool. You know, Bumper Pool probably has one of the best names in college football. You know, but those guys are tenacious. They're physical, you know, and they play with a lot of they the a lot of effort. You're never going to see them really take off plays, you know, and and that's evident with if you watch some of the film or some of the film or whatever, you know. I shout out Brooks here, uh, Brooks Austin, uh, for doing his film studies. Watching some of those guys, you know, they'll run to the ball. They don't, <clears throat> especially on defense, they run to the ball without question, whether it's on their side or not. You're going to see guys, you know, just rushing to the ball, and that's a testament to effort, uh, and that's you know, coaching philosophy. That you know, that team has changed in in, a, in just a couple of years. That team has changed into you know a true threat uh, to the country. Now potentially a playoff team, but they still are in the West. You know, obviously, you have to deal with Bama. You know, we'll see what we'll see what uh, we'll see what Arkansas is about um, really tomorrow. So, with that being said. I do kind of – Caleb, I'll let you go first here. What are what are you kind of looking at the most here uh, from a preview standpoint with Georgia against Arkansas? What is, what is the one thing you're going to keep an eye out the most for?
2: Well, we're talking Sam Pittman, man. You got to go to the trenches. I'm, I'm ready to see if Georgia's D-line is as physical and ferocious as everybody thinks it is. And on the other end, I want to see if Arkansas's offensive line is legit as people say it is. And vice versa, man, this is going to be a dogfight. It's that's the main thing—the physicality. It's down south, Smash Mouth football now, baby. I can't wait. That's that's really. This is the game I'm most excited for, even over Florida, because just the old school physicality feel, really.
1: No, nah, they played us physical as hell last year too. A lot of people don't remember that because of the score, you know. But going into that, going into that second half, I should say, you know, they were up on us, all albeit a literally a baseball score. That just shows a testament to how physical they are so you know i'm with you there you know i I think you look at the the trenches as being a huge matchup you know juan what what are you what are your takeaways what's your main takeaway for what to expect tomorrow
0: well first and foremost i agree with the trenches that's going to be huge but also to the deep ball um you know how is our secondary going to respond how are they going to react um I, i can guarantee you right now Pittman is going to throw the ball he's going to launch the ball down the field to me i believe that that's going to be their only chance of really having some some huge success is just throwing the ball deep and having their receivers you know just jump up for those 50-50 balls so they're going to test our secondary big time um you know obviously too the trenches are going to be huge but um you know that that that's what i'm interested in how are we going to respond to um, arkansas throwing the ball down the field well y'all birth talking about defense my what well, i my, my main takeaway
1: is on the offensive side of the ball and that's a couple of things for me. One, establishing a run game. You, I think with this defense, you you run an uh, odd front. You have to establish the run. You know, Cedric Von Pran, you're going to be you're going to be working for four quarters. It's just the way that is. It's schematic uh, problems for centers. You know, because of the true nose tackle there. So, you know, you look at things like that right there. That's protecting JT. You sit there. You know, some of their defenses. You sit there, and sometimes they do a cover zero. So when that happens. You have to take advantage when they give it to you. You have to hit your shots, which falls under execution. We have to execute at a high clip to be able to sit here and throw up the points that we're expected to do. Because if we don't, it's going to get ugly and hard to win when you sit there and you become one-dimensional when you're you know running the ball, but you know things like that. So we have to sit here and take our shots when they're available. We have to connect on them. But I'm also ready to see what happens in the run game uh, because Darnell, you know, we talked about it yesterday. Darnell coming back, that's going to be a huge upgrade in our run game. I think it's going to upgrade our run game significantly just off his blocking alone. Caleb, you're shaking your head a little bit. I think you're kind of in agreement. So what are your thoughts on Darnell coming back? Obviously, you look at Darnell and Tyke, uh Smith, you know, looking to make their uh, debuts here. Uh, this season uh, tomorrow. What are your thoughts on those guys coming back?
2: I mean, it's like you said with Darnell. I think he's a better blocker than the other ones we have. And um, not to mention, you don't ever know where he's going to split out. He's just like Bowers. I think Bowers, honestly, is the better receiving tight end of the two. But uh, Darnell, having Darnell back, having that big target, having, you know, he's going to catch attention. That's going to open some things up. And taki Smith, what can you say about getting him back? We already had the best uh, de- defense in the nation. You get an experienced All American safety back to go along with it. If he jails in, it's gonna be it's gonna be even nastier, man. I'm he's the one I'm more excited about. I'm ready to see Taki. I've seen Darnell. I want to see Taki
1: in the red and black. I, I get that. I, I get that same sentiment there. You know, obviously, I, I'm ready to see what happens with with our offense when you add another piece of the puzzle, you know, like Darnell into the fold. Because you look at one. We talked about this yesterday. The 12 personnel is about to be a nightmare for any opposing defense. There's just no question about it. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Bowers and Darnell complement each other so perfectly, you know, because Darnell is the elite blocker, in my opinion. I think, well, not elite, but I, I think he's definitely the better blocker there. Uh, still with the uh, re- receiving ability, you know, you sit there, you know, he hits the seams. I think you use him down the uh, down the middle in the seams, which is another way to expose his defense and catch them in their weak spots. You have to hit the seams. You sit there, you Brock Bowers, get him, you know, he's a he's one of the pure receivers, in my opinion, there. You know, he's fast, right? Everybody knows that 88-yard touchdown. Things like that right there. It's just one of these things where those two complement each other so well that when they're on the field together, it literally creates nightmares for opposing defensive coordinators. There's no question about it. Um, you know, and obviously looking at Trip right here, or no, sorry, Jay. Uh, Jay Shipes in the, in the Bones Brigade says, free the tall sweep. And I think, honestly, that might be something that Georgia has to use to establish the run game. You know, you know they're going to try to rush three guys and back seven, uh, or sorry, eight or whatever, depending on how the situation goes. They're going to they're going to bump a lot of guys back into coverage. So you're going to have to take advantage of running games, right? And, and I think the tall sweep is, is a beautiful play. And you know, I wish I would see it more under center. You know, that's just me living back in you know early <laughs> 20, the early 2010s, late 2000s, whatever. But it's an effective run. Right. I think it's very run. Inside zone might be a scheme. You know, I think you can see a lot of cutback uh runs. And that's gonna tie into Georgia significantly.
2: I agree with you. I think they gotta, I think they gotta use some of the sweeps inside zone. I think I'm I'm with you though the misdirection plays, especially if Jay I, I want to see James Cook break loose so bad. That's the one I want to see. <laughs> I still think he's got a lot of potential, man. If if they can get that if they can establish a run game and get a misdirection game going, it, it could be a long day for Arkansas. I, I really look forward to seeing that, and I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Juan, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm with Jay, free the tall sweep. I, I mean, I, I know you like it under center, but I, I like it out of the shotgun. I'd love to take Brock, you know, I'd like to take Bowers and motion him to the side of Darnell, have him off, you know, have that, Ooh. you know, somebody flanked out, and then just flip it to him. Let him go. And, and, and that, that's going to be a problem. That's just going to be an, an, an absolute nightmare. And just like we talked about Brock and Darnell, they just create matchup problems all over the, all over the field. Um, for me, I, I'd love to see offensively us just kind of do some Spurrier ball. And what people didn't realize about Steve Spurrier is, is, yeah, it looked like he threw the ball a lot, but he was very balanced. But he threw first to set up the run. And I think that, you know, when we just, you know, Caleb's just talking about, you know, that that's going to be one of the things that he'd like to see us get back to is, you know what, we may have to throw the ball a little bit to set up the run, but at the end of the game, it should be, you know, 50-50, maybe, you know, 52-48 when it actually comes run pass. But in order for us to open up those lanes, you know, let, let, let's just start off and, and use those matchup nightmares. Let's throw the ball a little bit, and then all of a sudden, hey, now we're going to be able to run the ball a little bit later on in the game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, and and bank per, make uh, bank six makes a perfect comment here. Offense will have to be very patient, and, and I can't agree more with that. Uh, you know, one of the things that that defense is uh, they're they're capable of. Uh, you know, they're lo- they'll lull you to sleep. They'll they'll be right there. They'll and then they'll hit you, and and that creates turnover. So you have to be patient. Um, you know, like I said, some of the runbacks, I think you can expect to see a lot of cutbacks, right? And that's the patience, right? Some guys will sit there and see it, and then it go, right? Like, just be patient, and I think it'll, you know, translate to a good effective uh, offensive output. Uh, you know, Jay Shipes wasn't a fan of Cook until last year. He's a weapon that used correctly in space. Look, I think what really set Cook off for me was the Alabama game where he just straight out ran for that long touchdown pass. You know, but then you see it last year when Monkin, you know, you can tell Munkin's handprints are all over this offense now. There's no question about it. Because he's running running backs into space, right? Like everybody remembers the Missouri catch on for Cook, right? Like getting him an angle route, boom, wide into right into space and run. So, you know, I, I think you see that right there. You know, how we utilize the running backs, I think you have to run, you know, but you're gonna have to get these guys out in space. You know, you can look at the flats a little bit here, you know, it just depends on what they're giving you because it's a different front defensively that we're not used to seeing. They they run that odd front, which you don't really see too much. You know, so how does Georgia prepare for that offensively, I think, is a huge question. A lot of people are going to be ready to watch.
2: Yeah, and feeding off of what Jay and Tripp are saying, man, I, I I don't know why, but I feel like they're using Kenny McIntosh more like they should be using James Cook. That's that's what I've noticed, and I'm like, man, and and I hate to say it, but Kenny just haven't hasn't lived up to that. I thought Kenny was going to be the breakout back. I had high hopes for Kenny, but I, I really feel like they're using Kenny more like they should be using James Cook. And if they ever figure that, which, I mean, I don't get paid millions to coach, but I feel like if they ever switch that, that that could be the uh, key to our offense getting going a little better.
0: I agree, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I, from from day one, I've been talking about Cook, um, you know, getting him, getting him out, you know, the angle routes or getting him out against those linebackers or or even, you know, somebody said on here on the chat, even splitting him out, um, he, he is a matchup problem. And we just need to get him the ball in space and just let him work. I mean, he's he's one of those kind of guys that he's dangerous once he gets the ball in his hands in open space. I know,
1: y'all are absolutely right. You know,
0: you look, Caleb, to your
1: point here, you know, you mentioned Macintosh. I think because Macintosh is so balanced, right, you can use him in any situation. You know, my thing is, I feel like they're—I mean, maybe a little bit too hypercritical here—but I feel like they're misusing him a little bit. Um, You know, I'd rather see Kendall get a little bit more touches there. Uh, Obviously, he didn't uh, get—he—he was a scratch for the Vanderbilt game. But, but I think you have to give Milton some more reps here this week Um, because what he does is—you know—he's patient, but he's also very physical. And, you know, with that right there, these guys are going to come at you. Right? So they're going to be physical, but you you know, kind of that patience where he can run and be paid. That's just his thing, but it works. So I I, I would like to see Kendall Milton kind of have that breakout game. Uh, but if I'm really looking at running backs, you know, my mind is telling me, you know, I th- I think uh, James Cook has a, another breakout game. Uh, you know, but I also wouldn't see I wouldn't be surprised to see Zeus. You know, uh, it, it's just a matter of how we you know how we execute. And, take you know, do we take what they give us in regards to, you know, from execution and, you know, auto and things like that? That's why I'm glad to have JT, you know, because, you know, in a normal, if you had, you know, maybe Carson Beck or whatever, you know, he may not see things that JT would to be able to put us offensively in the optimal situation, you know, whether it be, you know, sending guys out in motion to create a mismatch, you know, in the front seven or whatever. So I think that's definitely important. So you know, I, I just think that Cook has a breakout game. You know, so I mean, that's just me. Juan, I
2: think know. it's so. Uh, I think it's really got to be Zamir if you want to be honest. We're talking about running backs. It late in that Clemson game when it was time to put it to bed. Zamir went on a different mode. That man was. Blowing up everybody. I mean, what do he say? If I wanted to play with kids, I'd have my own. Ain't that what his Instagram people <laughs> said? Hey, man, when, when he got going in that fourth quarter, he was not being stopped. I mean, we, what we touched the ball was seven and a half, and they never got it back. I, I think it's going to be Zamir, to be honest with you. I think Zamir is going to, if they let him, if they line him up and let him roll, I like Zamir in this game. I like the physicality he brings, honestly. But with you, explosive plays, it's James, but. I think it's going to have to be Zamir.
1: No, I'm with you there, Caleb. I, I really think that, you know, when it, when it comes down to, you know, to execution, right, I, I, You we need to establish that run game, right? And, you, and like your point here against, the Clem, against Clemson in that final drive, to me, I'm looking at it in the sense of like, well, all right, so we did it against that right there. When it matters, why can't we do it every time? And, you know, with that right there, I think that's also creating this kind of narrative that, you know you uh george is struggling on in the run game and, and to that credit I, I would say yes you know uh depending obviously you look at who we've ran against we should be running more but also you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt because of the offensive identity right so it's been a minute since we've talked here uh on show what are your thoughts still so far in the season about the offensive identity what is what are your thoughts about that
2: I think right now they want to sling the ball everywhere. I think that's their identity. I think they want to get JT and these weapons. We have a receiver noted that we don't have half of the receiving core still. But uh, I think I think that's what they want to do. I think they want to be more explosive. I think they want to pass the ball, like he said, like Spurrier used to do, pass the ball to set up the run. And um, I think that's our identity, JT and the-, and the receiving core.
1: I agree with you there. Um- you know, one of the things that I like about it, right, is, you know, we're using the tight ends, right? We saw that when JT came in last year. Uh, you know, you saw Dar- Darnell really get an uptick in-, in usage and Fitzpatrick really in usage as well. And and there's no surprise to me that Bow- – well, I mean, it is kind of surprised, I guess, from a true freshman. But, you know, how many times t- uh, Bowers has been targeted, right? You-, you see the tight ends being utilized so much right now. And, you know, it's just a a beautiful thing to see, you know, but that's also kind of easing these freshmen or these young receivers in as well, right? You look at A.D. Mitchell, uh, Ladd McConkie, another, you know, those two guys are true true freshmen or, you know, very inexperienced. But they're getting, you know, they're making plays when they can, but they're also easing in and getting that game experience while you're missing guys like Don Blaylock and Pickens, right? So once those guys come back in, you, you would hope that, you know, those guys are in a rhythm but then also it eases Pickens in, you ease Don Blaylock in, right. And then you get everybody in a rhythm and then you get JC that timing and the chemistry with all those guys. That's, that's a recipe for a national title. If you sit there and you, you know, execute, I would, you, what do you think one does that, I mean, does that sound realistic from
0: in a, in a receiving standpoint? Oh, absolutely. And, and again, we, you know, we mentioned yesterday about Eric Gilbert. Um, So, you know, you know, depending on what's going on with him, you add him also to the mix and and you've got just a dynamic group of wide receivers slash tight ends that are, you know, you got your guys, your younger guys that are getting game experience, Blaylock and Pickens, they already have um, experience right now. So, you know, you, you get all those guys together. uh, I mean, and, 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 you know, you get them in a rhythm with JT sky's the limit sky is the absolute limit.
1: Yeah. You're, I mean, I can't complain about that at all. Right. And honestly, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but I'm just sitting here thinking and licking my chops when Pickens comes back. Yeah. You know, obviously, I think you have to sit here and it kind of temper expectations a little bit. Right. I think you have to, you know, ease him in. Right. But also, I think you look at the situation that we have in the receiving core where you have guys going off, and you know, already with A.D., you know, and, and Lab McConkey, things like that. Kieris will be back and ready to go. It, it eases him in and it puts less pressure on the offense to sit there and force these guys back onto the field because you need them, you know? So, you know, I, you know, kind of just, I feel confident. Uh, I just don't want to get too overconfident.
0: Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I, I completely understand where, where you're coming from with that. Um, you know, again, one of the biggest things I think that Munkin is doing a great job of is using what he has. Um, and, and and taking advantage of that right now, running game is not where it needs to be. But he's taking that passing game, and he's 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 using his you know the, these receivers, these younger guys. But he's making plays, and I mean, you sit there and look at it; they have dominated these past couple of games, which is what we were looking for. We were looking for that 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 Kirby offense to 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 put the gas on. I mean, just step on the gas and just do it completely throughout the game. And because that's what the dominant teams have done year after year after year. So now we're starting to become that team that people are starting to fear playing. They're looking on the schedule, like, Oh man, we've got Georgia. This is not going to be a good situation. Just kind of like the last two you know, podcasts we had, we had a South Carolina fan that said, listen, this is going to be bad. We had a Vanderbilt fan that said, Hey, this is, this is getting ready to be bad. And so, now we're starting to have that fear, you know, you know, to put fear in people's hearts, like like the Alabamas used to back in the day, and the Clemson's and the Nebraskas and those guys that people were afraid to play. We're starting to do that right now, and Munkin is doing a great job of uh, of putting those pieces together. Until we get that run game together, once that run game hits, and we've got this passing, it, it's going to be lights out. Nah, yeah. You're right there. I'm
1: looking through. I'm looking in the in the brigade, man, and they're you know they're sitting there. Look, trips sitting here naming off all these great tight ends. Uh, but Jay's comment here it says it's strange to see all the tight end depth before the last few years. You know, not Leonard Pope was really only the standouts there. Yeah, you know, maybe Wolf kept a few drives alive. Uh, and to that point, Jay, I think you have to look at Monkin's identity change. That's really what he's done. Uh, so you know that is a testament to him. And it's also a testament to Kirby. And the reason why I say that is, is because he's gotten his hands a little bit more off of that offense and allowed Monken to just take it and run with it. Because in the past, Juan, Caleb, you all might agree with me here, it, it seemed like a Kirby-esque type thing where we would just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then try to throw it. And it was almost so predictable that it made our offense stagnant. It, what You know, <clears throat> does that make sense? Am I crazy for thinking that or?
2: <laughs> Not at all, man. It, it was it was it was pretty predictable. I mean, and, and even back before then, it was like that with Bobo. I mean, watch Auburn. I know what Auburn's gonna call before Auburn knows what they're gonna call. So <laughs> it, it, it's been like that a while, man. I really like Monk, and you know, I'm I'm glad that uh that Smart's finally taking a bit of a step back in the offensive department. Man, he's a defensive guru, great head coach, great recruiter. Offensively, eh? So. He he's doing a good job of stepping away. I think the more he realizes that he needs to be away, the closer we're going to get to a natty.
1: You know, obviously, we have someone on this show, not naming any names, that knows Kirby and Bobo all too well.
2: Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've Look, met you- Bobo. I've never met yeah. Kirby. I'm I'm from the same town as Kirby, but I've never met him. I met Bobo, but I'm See, I mean he- I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs>
1: now we have somebody from the 1942 national uh from the <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: 1942
1: team <laughs> i gotta go throw back on that one that was so right. right but right. not but yeah so i mean caleb you're not you're absolutely right like when we had guys and really think about when we had cheney as well you know it just seemed all too predictable and it just from a fan's perspective make sure you don't pull your damn hair out right because you sit there, you try to establish the run. And, and sometimes, look, that's not a bad idea because it was our identity. But you sit there, and when you have a team that can stop it and you're not built to pass, it, it creates a very big problem when you're in third and long situations and you can't convert. And then you rely on your defense to win you games. And, you know, something like it banked, you know, it just kind of saves you a little bit. So the fact that we can have a, a I would say, comfortable offense to where, If we need to go out and and make a drive i feel confident with that right there you know obviously you look at the you know talent is one thing right obviously recruiting matters things like that but the execution to me you know going out there looking at you know having to make a long drive right kill the clock make the long drive convert on third down but also putting yourself into manageable situations right you sit there hell not even a couple years ago Run, run, pass. That's what it felt like. Or a pass, incompletion, run, and then incomplete, pass, or whatever. You saw Scream, a lot of screen like that. Yeah. Not, not saying not discrediting a screen because they can work when you do it right and you get the right, you know, defense personnel against it. It can work. But when it doesn't and you need to go intermediate, go deep, and you can't convert because you don't have your receivers or they're just not clicking – That is a huge problem. And and I think now with what we're seeing, you know, you're comfortable in the tight end situation. Look, tight ends are your best options for intermediate routes and shorter routes uh, and getting yards after catch. Same with the running backs. So, you know, but then obviously defenses have to focus on that because it's all reactionary. So then you sit there and you can burn them over the top. So, you know, I'm with – I think Juan said this, pass pass the run open, right, like Spurrier. I think it makes too much sense, and I think honestly – that is how you beat uh, arkansas
0: well that and, and look at look at look at jay shipes said run to pass is old school pass to run is, is is title run mentality but look at it so clemson you know they were passing to run etn was an excellent back but what got him open was trevor lawrence throwing the ball look at alabama who would have thought alabama would have been throwing the ball as much as they did three wide receivers and they did that they passed the ball and then they were able to run effectively. Um, and then, of course, look at LSU when they went on their championship run. Insminger um, was—he was just an amazing offensive coordinator. But I mean, you have got three receivers. You got Joe Burrow throwing the ball all the time, and then you've got you know Elaire um, that had an excellent uh, you know career running the ball during that season. So those were all national championship teams. And 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 just like you know when you know g- going back to what Caleb said, just not being predictable there was no way in the world you could tell what they were going to do, what they were going to run. Every defense was on their heels. And all of a sudden you've got all of these explosive plays and, you know, we need to be gone of the days of, like you said, run here. Next play, is probably going to be a run. Let's get us in a manageable situation. Let's just throw like a little flare out of the backfield. No, we need to be wide open. And that's what Munkin seems to be doing because I love being able to look on there. They're coming out there and they're set and not just being like, I I don't know what he's going to do. have no idea. I absolutely love that because then that means the defense is probably going to be struggling to figure out what they're going to be doing.
1: No, I mean, I think from a defensive standpoint, right? Tendencies is what they plan for. And it makes that game plan a lot easier when you understand a game, a, a tendency for a team, right? You sit there now, like I said, now you sit there and you, a lot of it is game plan and execution because if you're in a third down situation, if you're in the third and long, defense knows exactly what they're about to do, right? Nice. It, it, right? I think a little bit about field position when it comes to predictability as well. You know, you sit there, you know, everybody can question the third down, short, fourth down and short, things like that. And it frustrates me when you don't convert like a fourth and one, right? I get that. I get it. But it seems to be a little bit too predictable, Right. You sit there and just instead of trying to rush it down somebody start right in the middle, you know, maybe do a maybe do like a inside zone, right? Where you get, you know, get your schematics, you know, scheme guys into or scheme defenses into mismatches and, and, and their vulnerabilities. I think, you know, maybe that's something that, you know, you know, maybe my millionaire status mindset right here, you know, can <laughs> sit there and do. Um, you know, but Jay also says, <laughs> wishes Mike Griffith was on the sidelines to remove Kirby's headset while the offense was on the field. Let Munkin do his job. Not gonna make any statements about that. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about it, right? munkin has got his handprints there, right there. And I think Kirby's letting him do his thing. And I think that's why our offense is is doing a lot better. I think you're seeing a lot of execution on a high level. It led to it led to JT playing one quarter, not even. So, you know, Caleb, I, I, while you're here, uh, since now that I, now that you're on, I want to hear your thoughts on the Vanderbilt game. What you what do you think about that?
2: Well, it's almost a week later. I'm still uh, cleaning blood off the bottom of my shoes. That's about all I got to say about that. I'm I'm glad. I wish we'd have scored more, man. Vanderbilt really pissed me off. I talked about it all week, all last week. Vanderbilt really pissed me off last year. I think they pissed a lot of people off over there. You know, even before the game, Kirby was like, yeah, we don't hold any grudges. Down here in Bainbridge, that means we're about to knock your block off, so – that's what we did. and I'm glad we did it. I, I ain't got as far as gameplay. I ain't got really nothing to say. I kind of expected not 35 to nothing in the first, but they're they're we'll just keep it at
1: that. Yeah, no, we we had talked about it yesterday. I don't know if you were uh, paid in or tuned in or anything, but you know, we were sitting there talking. Me and Juan were talking about you know some of the crazy stats that came from that game. Right, not only did you produce a shutout, uh, you know, one of the one of my favorite stats was the uh, the off or the, the Georgia scored eight touchdowns. Uh, and gave up four first downs. That's it. you know. And, and what we had talked about, basically, that just says that you played the perfect game, and that's what Georgia's expected to do against inferior competition. You go in there and you dominate, and, and honestly, I don't think, you know, with that stat being right there, That's there's no way you can get any better unless you just provided, you know, negative yards, right, the whole game. <laughs> but that's about as good as you're going to get. Uh-oh, we got a Bama boy in here. G Bama boy, he said the champ is here, roadside. Look, I know you coming in here to listen to a Georgia thing, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm also excited to see Ole Miss and Bama because that game yeah, is, buddy, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> That's going to be a good one, you know. But look, you know, look, I think whoever wins that
0: game right there wins the West. Am, as, am I crazy to believe that, guys? No, that I I I believe that wholeheartedly. I do believe that um, Alabama is better than Arkansas. I believe that Ole Miss right now is better than Arkansas, and there is. No one else after uh, after that.
1: Look, yeah, you know, I I think from a defensive standpoint. Now, obviously, look, there's there's two sides of this because obviously, I think as a Georgia fan, we want to see Bama in the SEC championship game. We got to get that get that uh, you know that baggage off our back, right? We just have to. But if if I'm sitting here, I can't tell you and and be li- I, I would be lying to tell you that I'm kind of nervous to see if we ever played Ole Miss in the SEC Championship game, just because of that offense. I, I'm a little nervous if there if that was to happen.
2: I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yep. saying. But I, I think just the style contrast, man, I think we'd be able to beat Ole Miss. I think Bama would give us more of a run. But that game, you got to realize, too, next week Arkansas and Ole Miss play each other.
1: And whoever whoever
2: limps out with the worst beat may win that game because you know our game is going to be physical. Alabama's going to make the Ole Miss game physical. So, man, I can't wait to see that game next week. But that that Ole Miss and Bama game, man, I can't – I really can't wait. I might be just as excited as I am for the Dawgs. I
1: I, I guess let me re-clarify here. Like I'm more worried about seeing what that offense would do with the defense, right? Like that's literally one of the best offenses against the best defense. And I think that would be a fun game to watch. But I'd still be nervous. because Look, Ole Miss' defense can't stop anybody. And that's <laughs> and that's a testament from what they could last year. So, obviously, I'm not going to knock that because, look, the offense is so potent. They get, you, you're going to have to run a shootout, basically. You know, and I think that's what you're going to see with Bama and, and Ole Miss this week. I think that's the case. And, 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 and G-Boy here uh, says that Bama's going to beat Ole Miss and to tell me not to worry. So I'm going to let you worry about your team and we're going to get back on track and go talk about some more Georgia. All right. Juan, we'll let you go first. And Caleb, if you had to choose a player of the game for the Arkansas game here tomorrow, who is your
0: player of the game? I'm, I'm going to say Bowers. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Bowers. I, he, he's a freshman. He, he's young, but he's proven himself. And, and, and I feel like he's going to be able to stretch the field um, I think he's going to create matchup problems. I think that, you know, if you team him up with Darnell and, and blocking, I think he's going to do a great job of, of of opening holes or maybe, you know, sealing that edge so we can get around there, um, you know, to, to to do some sweeps. But um, I, I, I think that uh, Arkansas is going to have a very difficult time with him. I think Munkin does a great job of moving him around all over the place. And, again, we saw that tight end jet sweep. <laughs> who would have thought that you would have that you would have saw that so munkin is realizing wow like i really have something special in this guy and i just think that he's going to utilize him big time against arkansas i you know what I, i couldn't be mad because anytime you pick brock
1: bowers to be a player of the game i think you have a reasonable chance to get that right caleb what do you think who's your player of the game
2: I'm going to go more of a unit of the game. I still think our D-line is going to cause a lot of havoc. I like Anderson. I like Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis. And I'm going to have to throw Nickoby Dean in there, too, man, because he's the one that really – he's the vocal point of the defense, and he's going to come in guns blazing, too, at K.J. Jefferson. I still think that we're going to get to the quarterback effectively, and I think that's why we're ultimately going to win the game. So just give me the defensive defensive line.
1: I like that. I think I'm going to go to Samir White, and I think of that because – We need to run the ball, and I think Zeus is going to be that guy. Now, you know, you look at James Cook and possibly getting these guys out in space, and that's fair, and that's doable, but I think when it comes down to it, you're going to hand your ball off to the running back, and that's going to be Zeus. And Zeus runs very hard and physical, but he's also got that cut, but now that his knees are feeling, you know, obviously well underneath them, I think you might see him have a – maybe break out several big runs. I'd love to see it. Uh, and if they look, if they run that odd front and they don't and they don't take any backers and run in, come on now, your offensive line has to take advantage of that, and I think Zeus can take advantage of that too. So I'm gonna look. I'm gonna take a unit approach and, and go running backs. But if I had to choose a running back specifically, I'm gonna go Zeus. I'm gonna go Zeus.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. So
1: with that right there, let's slide over to a score prediction. Uh, Caleb, we'll let you go first on your score prediction and then we'll go Juan and myself.
2: I've been saying it all week. Georgia thirty-one, Arkansas ten, man. I just got I, I just like the way the dogs are playing right now. I think they play into our um into our favor, the way they play, into our strengths. That's what I'm meaning to say. Thirty one ten dogs.
1: Caleb's got 31-10. Juan, what say you?
0: I've got I'm I'm almost the same, you know, with with, with Caleb. I'm gonna go thirty four ten. Um I, I think that – you know, we're, we're going to wear them out at the end. I think we're going to, you know, get a last, you know, last field goal, to, you know, at, at the end. Um, physic, it's going to be a very, very physical game. I just think that we have coaching. I think that we just have the athleticism. We have the players that's going to pretty much wear them down in the third quarter. So I think the fourth quarter is going to be all UGA.
1: I, I, I agree with you there. I'm going to go a little bit lower and I'm going to say 31-13. I expect, and the reason why I say this, is I expect KJ Jefferson to get some plays on us, and, and Traylon Burks, he's going to get some plays on us. But I think Georgia does the greatest job in the country of limiting explosive plays. I don't think that changes. You're still going to get some, but you're not going, to, you know, you're not going to see us do it the whole way. I call thirty-one thirteen Georgia. With that being said, guys, that is all we have for today. Make sure you follow us: YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook wherever you get your podcast, and with that right there. Caleb, before you go, look, I know we. it's been a minute, but for new folks here, I do want to sit here and give you a minute to tell people where they can find you, man.
2: Oh, yeah, man. So I, I run a video game stream. I play the uh, modded version of NCAA 14, so it's college football-based. You can find me on KTG13TV on Facebook. All fans are welcome. Dog fans are pr- obviously my number one um, – my number one outlet. But you'd be surprised who number two is. Number two actually is Arkansas. For some reason, Arkansas fans love me. But, yeah, man, Facebook Gaming, KTG13, Space TV. Y'all come check me out. We have a good time.
1: You definitely got some Florida State fans in there, too. Oh, they hate, me, I mean, they
2: hate me, boy. They hate me.
1: I go in. Look, I go in there, and obviously, um, you know, you're part of the Ernest uh, situation there. And so, obviously, when he streams at night, I'll go in there and, and watch the game, watch him stream a little bit. Uh, Cut some, you know, custom shit, basically, right? Uh, Sit there and oh, it's funny to see some of these, some of these guys. But with that being said, guys, look, that's all we've got for today. Obviously, come back next Thursday, and we're going to be talking about this game in review. And look, Bones Brigade, I want y'all to get that movement going on social media wherever you use your social media. Hashtag Bones Brigade. That being said, though, guys, have a great day and go dogs. Go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.